This podcast is brought to you by Life Mastery Course. Get 90% off enrollment today at livewellacademy.com. Welcome to the Toastmasters Podcast, the official podcast of Toastmasters International. Hello, everybody. This is Greg Gazin. And I'm Ryan Levesque. Ryan, we have another exciting episode lined up for today. Who do we have today? Well, we have a return guest today, Greg. We are speaking with distinguished Toastmaster Maureen Zapala. Maureen is a former NASA propulsion engineer and a professional speaker, author, and presentation skills coach, as well as the founder of High Altitude Strategies, a coaching and speaking service. Maureen's a frequent contributor to the Toastmaster magazine, and she's a member of Medina Leaders Speak Toastmasters Club. Maureen Zapala, welcome back to the Toastmasters podcast. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me back. This is awesome. Maureen, back in June, if you can remember that far back, you wrote an article (laughs) for the Toastmaster magazine called Building Meaningful Connections. It was subtitled Techniques to Try When Your Networking Is Not Working. Before we get into the topic, I'm curious about your interest in the topic. Is networking something that comes naturally to you? Is it a challenge? And where do you personally find yourself on the introversion, extroversion spectrum? I love people. I mean, I walk into a room and the first thing I'm looking for is people. Having said that, I am an introvert. People are really shocked when I tell them that. But introvert is not about, you know, how gregarious you are around people or how shy you are around people. Introvert, extrovert is related to where you get your energy from. I do get my energy from being alone, being by myself. I need to kind of recharge my batteries in order to pour myself into people. But once I look at pouring into people, I am all in, all on, you know, let's go. So I love making connections. From a practical perspective, when I wrote this article, I was very conscious of the topic because I was in the middle of planning to relocate. I just moved from Ohio to Las Vegas, where I think I know three people. I was thinking, and I I would tell this to my three friends here in Las Vegas before I moved, (laughs) I just want to make sure I make friends. So I had to almost deconstruct again, how do I make friends? How do I network? How do I go out and make connections? So the topic is near and dear to my heart because I'm kind of living it right now. I moved to Vegas about three weeks ago. And uh, so, yeah, I've got to get into this whole process of meeting, greeting, and making friends. One of the reasons we opened up with this introversion, extroversion, or introvert, extrovert is because some people, when they hear the term networking, if they happen to be an introverted type person, that's it. They'll just say, well, okay, this is of no interest to me. I have, I just don't want to do this, so let's just move on. So I thought we would just get that out of the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good point. People do confuse it. We are built for connection. I, I really think we're wired to connect Some people connect better one-on-one, small group, quiet group. Some people connect better in a big group, lots of people. And if you understand how your brain works, how your body reacts, how your mindset is, boy, does that take a lot of the stress out of it. Well, let's dig into that a little bit more, Maureen, because it seems to me the entire article pivots on this reframe of the concept of networking to this broader notion of building meaningful connections. So can you talk a little about how that reframe, that shift can help us approach the topic of building connections and relationships more powerfully? In the article, one of the the how-tos that I included was (laughs) don't strive to be Mr. or Miss Perky Networky. 
And I, I thought about that. I was at a, it was a business slash party back in the late spring. I think I knew one person at the party. It was uh, for my financial planner. Knew him and I knew one other person. I walked in and immediately this fellow came up to me. He was very professional looking, attractive, very friendly, struck up a conversation and within 10 seconds handed me his business card and said, let's connect. And I thought, I, I don't even really know you. And he was very, hmm, I don't want to say pushy, but he was kind of overbearing. And then I watched him. He kind of walked around to other tables, handing out his business cards, sprinkling the business card around like candy. And I thought, no, I don't, that's not why I'm here. I'm not here to network like that. I am here to build a relationship. I'm here to get to know you, to ask questions, to find commonalities, to allow business conversations to bubble up naturally in conversation. People associate network as I have got to work. It is about getting my name out there, getting, you know, finding a client, seeing how can I work with you? What's the partnership here? Well, ultimately that could be your goal, but hey, let's start by making friends first. You offer a lot of really good practical tips for people who maybe are a little bit anxious or uncomfortable, or even just want to up their game if they're intending a conference or a party or even the dreaded networking event. I thought maybe we could run through a few of those. The first one, of course, is relax. Now, that's easy to say, but not necessarily easy to do, (laughs) particularly if you have anxiety about that. So what are your thoughts about how to actually do that? How do you relax? What can you tell yourself walking into one of these events? I'll refer back to the topic that I speak professionally about, which is imposter syndrome. And imposter syndrome is this irrational thought where smart people think I'm not that smart. People think I'm smarter than I am. Smart or not, we walk into a room of strangers and we are, we are initial, most of us, initially consumed with what are they thinking about me? And we focus on ourselves. But if you step out of that and think before you even walk in, think to yourself, well, guess what? Everybody is thinking the same thing. That's step one to relax yourself. You are not an anomaly. You are not a freakish, scary, substandard person. You bring gifts, talents, abilities, history, opinions, great things to the room, to the event, to uh, the relationship. So convince yourself that you have something of worth to offer and that something of worth you offer is yourself. And everybody else is thinking the same thing. When you realize that, oh my gosh, that can do so much to diffuse that stress, that anxiety, that compare and despair. I know when I say relax, you're right, it's easier said than done, but the steps that make it easier is remember you're not alone, everybody else feels the same way, and you do have value and worth to offer. The other thing you had recommended was to arrive early. I know when I go to a networking event, I try to arrive early as much as possible just so that I can sort of scope out where everything is. <laughs> yeah, I know when I've arrived late, you walk in, you hear the buzz of conversation, you see the crowd of people already mingling, people have already established their little conversation groups. It is intimidating. It's scary. I mean, it takes a lot of courage to walk into a room like that. If you arrive early or at least close to on time, Again, that diffuses that fear. 
you can walk in and kind of stake out your little territory, <laughs> go get yourself, uh, you know, a, a drink or a little plate of food or find a seat or shake hands with the organizer. It's very similar to when you're doing speaking, right? You want to arrive early and get the lay yeah. of the land or even check out the stage. It's, yeah. it's works the same. It sure does. Yeah. And just make, you know, make a friend with somebody, make a friend with one person. So you have, you know, an ally in your corner. <laughs> but it does bring up another point that you make in your article is to bring a friend with you. Yeah, you know what? There's power in partnering. It goes back to how naturally we are wired to connect, bringing in somebody, at least somebody to stand next to, hide behind, hang on to, however you define it. It just makes you feel more secure. Sometimes when I walk into a networking event by myself, not only does it feel intimidating, I project, and this is completely irrational and probably completely untrue, but it still is real. I project that people are looking at me as pathetic. Oh, look, she's all alone. And it's not true. It's not true at all, because I don't look at somebody who walks in alone and think that. But if it would help to eliminate that fear, that irrational thought by bringing a friend, invite a friend. And pitch it as, hey, we're going to go and have fun, meet new people, and at least enjoy some time together. I bet a lot of people are thinking right now, wait, she feels like she's pathetic when she walks in alone somewhere, too? I thought that oh, was yeah. just me. Yeah, isn't that the <laughs> truth? Because we all, we have these thoughts about ourselves and don't realize that everybody else thinks the same thing. But yeah, I struggle with it. As gregarious as I can be, and as much as people say, you light up a room and you're so fun. Yeah, I, thank you. I appreciate that. But yeah, I walk in and that first couple of moments alone, I'm terrified. Absolutely. <laughs> in your article, you borrow a term from the former editorial director at Twitter, Karen Wicker, who's mm -hmm. also an expert on networking for introverts. And she uses this term, keeping in loose touch. How does that approach work? And why is it perhaps something that may be an attractive option for introverts? I think it's attractive because it's very low risk, takes very low energy but really has huge payoff. And she talks about this keeping in loose touch process, which is basically just occasionally sending an email, you know, making a quick phone call, maybe dropping a, a little card in the mail. It's not high frequency, high touch, but it's just occasional. Just I'm just thinking about you. I found this article, thought you might like it. Little touches like that. It just cements the connection, cements a foundation to build a relationship. Now in the business world, Business is built on relationships, but they're not always strong, intimate relationships. They are built by these little, quick touches. As you were speaking, I was thinking someone likens social media to like a cocktail party, right? You're there to sort of meet people, casually get to know people, maybe offer some guidance or suggestions or some add some value to the conversation, but you're not there necessarily to do that hard sell. And by keeping in that loose touch rather than, okay, you know, here's my business card. I'm going to call you Monday morning. You feel a little bit more comfortable accepting that card. You might feel much better knowing that you're just not going to get pounced on the next business day. Yeah, I think we all know what it feels like when somebody's trying to sell us. We can kind of sense when somebody is not really interested in us, but in what we can do for them. It feels kind of yucky. <laughs> I mean, I'll get, I get, I don't know how many emails a day or messages through Facebook or LinkedIn, people that say, oh, I ran across your website and I think I can help you with your SEO. It's like, well, thank you, but I don't even know you. 
And because you haven't taken the time to build a relationship with me, I don't think I want to do business with you. <laughs> Someone just sent me a message just the other day, you know, offering capital. And if they looked at what I did, if they actually took a moment to really read my profile, they realize that that's not something that I do, or that's not yeah. an area that's of interest to me. But yet they're ver very persistent. And actually what that does is that probably cuts the connection quicker oh, than yeah. even trying to build any future connection. Yeah, exactly. In fact, in, in that article that I wrote, one of the bullet points about the how-tos and the how-not-tos, I write, don't work the room, meet the room. Don't just look at this group of people or social media contacts as, wow, this is a potential client base. Well, it could be, but meet them, meet them one-on-one, -on -one. build a relationship, get to know them, find out what their struggles are, find out what their problems are, and don't just immediately jump in with a solution. Explore it a little bit more. Earn the trust, build the camaraderie, and then establish a possible business relationship. I wish I could remember the author's name, but he wrote the book, I think it was called Jab, 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 Right Hook. Oh, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Yes, that's who it is. It's a boxing metaphor. The three jabs are relationship, 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 and then the right hook is ask for the opportunity. So it's offer, 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 ask, offer, 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 ask. And when I say offer, it's about offer relationship, offer information, offer help, offer insight. Those are the relationship building parts of networking. Don't just skip the jab, jab, jab and go to the right hook. Because you go to the right hook and there goes your opportunity. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, that's a great metaphor, I think, for the keeping and loose touch concept. Because it, it sort of, yeah. um, it greases the skids of the relationship. And not that we do it for a manipulative purpose. But when the opportunity comes up, when there might be an ask, um, we've built some social capital with that person if we've been contributing to them and showing that we value the relationship over time. We've been speaking about a lot of the professional benefits of networking, but in your article, you also talk about health benefits of making yeah. meaningful connections. I, I keep going back to this comment about how I we are wired for relationship. We're wired to connect. And research has shown that great physical things happen in our body and our brain when we have those meaningful relationships. I go back and I think about all the studies that have been done on infants, infants that are deprived of human connection and how they fail to flourish. Even an infant needs to cuddle and connect and make eye contact. And that stays with us. We long for relationship. We long to connect. We are built to partner. Now, that doesn't mean that people that are shy or call themselves uh, introverts or prefer to be alone are broken in any way. That's not true. But physically, we do flourish when we are in relationship and connecting with each other. I mean, it's shown in our blood pressure and our body chemistry in brain waves. It's a very beautiful thing. And of course, Marine Toastmasters, I think, is a really rich environment to practice a lot of uh, what we're talking about here today. Oh, my gosh. I love it. You're absolutely right. I mean, I love Toastmasters. I've been in it for, I don't know, 150 years, I think. <laughs> the thing that I say most, and I say this from the stage, from the platform all the time when I talk to Toastmasters, it's fun, it's inspiring, it's safe. I mean, where else can you fall flat on your face 
and people applaud as you go. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, really, out in the real world, we don't get applause. But they applaud as you go, and then they reach out with their hand and pull you right back up. I mean, it's just, it's a freakish organization that is freakish in a good way. It's just glorious. It's great. It's wonderful. And the camaraderie in clubs and in the districts and at the convention it's electrifying and magnetic. It's just fabulous. You know, I also think of club meetings, for example, before the meeting, the opportunity to welcome guests and to flex those muscles of extending hospitality and showing curiosity in other people. It takes the focus off of us and towards Mm -hmm. making the other person feel welcome and valued. Yeah, you bring up a great point. I love that phrase, uh, creating curiosity or showing curiosity. I I think far too many of us I'm putting myself in that same category. We love our own little world and we talk about ourselves. We use the word I probably far too much. It's a discipline to take I out of the language and start saying you and your and asking more questions. And I think, you know, in the Toastmaster world, and I'm sure you guys have seen the same thing because you interview so many Toastmasters, there's a lot of fascinating people in this organization, interesting backgrounds and overwhelming obstacles they've overcome and really creative people. Why wouldn't we want to ask more questions? Why wouldn't we want to learn more about them? I am amazed at what people have done or accomplished or what they're interested in or their life story or why they're even in Toastmasters. I love listening to interesting speeches. And it reminds me to get out of my own little bubble world and just be fascinated with other people around me. All those icebreakers you hear. And it's funny, too, because all the fascinating people we meet with in Toastmasters, but yet once you start to get to know them, all of a sudden you're now hearing stories. You're finding things out about them that you didn't know. And I find that that grows with time. Yeah, it grows with time. Okay, it does two things. And I and I say this having just been at the Toastmasters convention last week. It's probably my seventh. I look at the international flavor of the organization, meet fascinating people, learn amazing things about them, learn how big the world is, but yet how small it is because every one of us wants the same thing. You know, we want to be happy. We want to love our family. We want to make an impact in the world. We struggle with the same things like discipline in our lives, financial problems, health issues. We laugh at the same things. We are puzzled by the same thing. So as big as the world is internationally, we're all human and we all want the same thing. It still is very small. And that is so comforting, so fascinating to me. Maureen, I'm so glad that we had an opportunity to reconnect. I think it's been a couple of years since we had you on the show. And now I just want to go out there and make more connections. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, if people would like to connect with you, how would they reach you? Where would they find you? My website is MaureenZ.com, M-A-U-R-E-E-N-Z. Dot com. Email is Maureen at MaureenZ.com. On my website, you can find my phone number, my email, take a look at the products that I have. I do a lot of training, keynote speaking. I'm also pretty active on both Facebook and LinkedIn. Well, awesome, Maureen. Thanks so much for joining us once again. What a pleasure. You too, guys. Greg and Ryan, it's always a treat to hang with you and talk with you. And uh, yeah, it's been far too long. So let's stay in touch. Let's stay in light touch. <laughs>
your life is perfect, stop the podcast now. Still with me? Great. I've put together an intensive online course on life mastery at livewellacademy.com based on decades of research and experience. I invite you to participate at 90% off the release date rate while I complete all the lessons with the expected completion by the end of 2019. At livewellacademy.com, you will learn how to really connect with others, the tricks of having a strong relationship, what you need to know about your health and staying fit, how to increase your overall well-being, how to be a better person, how to be a responsible member of society through improving your critical thinking skills, how to be more creative, how to sell, how to handle money and make more of it, learn about all the major religions of the world, learn about getting a job and creating one, learn about success and how to achieve it, and more. This course is a result of the continued research that suggests that adults in the United States today are woefully unprepared for today's social and professional environment. People struggle with effective communication, relationships, weight and health issues, depression, life purpose, achievement, discerning fact from fiction, selling ideas to others, earning enough to live comfortably, finding jobs, and overall peace of mind. These are problems that get in the way of living a happy and fulfilling life when one's energy is spent on just trying to get by. This course addresses each of those problems and many more with the goal of helping you avoid those problems while focusing on what energizes you most. By the end of the course, you will be on the right track to designing the life you want to live and living it well. Register today at livewellacademy.com while the 90% discount lasts.